Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 5 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. This segment is John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Podcast 25, Episode 4, Chapter 1D, Mr. Worldly Wise Man. In last week's episode, Christian escaped the slew of Despond, and while on the way to Wicked Gate met Mr. Worldly Wiseman, who warned him that if he followed the advice of evangelists, he would find nothing but sorrow. Christian explains to Mr. Worldly Wiseman that the burden was already more than he could bear. Why, sir, this burden upon my back is more terrible to me than all these things which you have mentioned. Nay, Methinks I care not what I meet with in the way, if so be I can also meet with deliverance from my burden. The reason Christian left his family in the first place was to find a way to escape the calamity that was to come foretold in the Bible, making reference to the end of the world. When he discovers the answer, he will come back and save his family. The burden he carries is caused by the condition of the fall of man. He fears the destruction of the world. He fears what happens to his eternal soul, and of course he flees from guilt caused by sin. All of these weigh heavily on him. The advice of evangelists is to follow the teachings of the Bible, which are very difficult. The advice of worldly wise men is to follow the philosophy of the world, which is easier, dismissing the idea of original sin. Worldly wise men asks, How camest thou by the burden at first? Christian speaks for himself and for all other Christians. By reading this book in my hand. This book refers to the Holy Bible. Pilgrim's Progress could have been written today, for it fits our progressive world precisely. Worldly wise men gives the same answer that would be given by modern atheists, modern psychologists, and modern universities. I thought so. And it has happened unto thee as unto other weak men, who, meddling with things too high for them, suddenly fall into thy crazy thoughts, which thoughts do not only unman men, as thine I perceive have done thee, but they run them upon desperate efforts to obtain they know not what. The modern mind sees religion as a weakness. As Karl Marx said, religion is the opiate of the masses. Worldly wise man also echoes the Marxian idea that only the elite have the intelligence to rule. The proletariat, or the common man, does not have the ability to rule themselves. Christian is focused on one thing, getting rid of his burden. Therefore, he is susceptible to the advice of worldly wise man. I know what I would obtain. It is ease for my heavy burden. Worldly wise man's answer is in harmony with modern psychology, which leans toward atheism and determinism. They seek scientific remedies through counseling, drugs, and group therapy. But why wilt thou seek for ease this way, 
seen so many dangers attend it, especially since, hast thou but patience to hear me, I would direct thee to the getting of what thou desirest, without the dangers that thou in this way will run thyself into. Yea, and the remedy is at hand. Besides, I will add that, instead of those dangers, thou shalt meet with much safety, friendship, and content. Christians offer the easy way and immediately grasps it. Sir, I pray, open this secret to me. Worldly wise man directs Christian to go to the village of morality. He has confused modern ethics with Christian morality. The one is relative, the other absolute. He sends Christian to legality. Legality represents the idea that what is legal is also what is right. People, not God, decide what is good and what is evil. He is introduced to the relative morality where people depend upon experts. In other words, those trained in the universities rather than the words of apostles and prophets found in the Bible. He hints that religion is a form of insanity. If it cannot be cured in the court, then it can be cured by arbitration. Legality has a son named civility. In other words, civility can provide sufficient argument for Christian to see what he is doing wrong in his reasoning. Worldly wise man also advises that Christian bring his family to the village of morality. In other words, leave the Christian environment and join the modern world. Why, in yonder village, the village is named morality, there dwells a gentleman whose name is legality, a very wise man and a man of very good name, that has skill to help men off with such burdens as thine is from their shoulders. Yea, to my knowledge, he hath done a great deal of good this way. And besides, he has skill to cure those that are somewhat crazed in their wits with their burdens. To him, as I said, thou mayest go, and be helped presently. His house is not quite a mile from this place, and if he should not be at home himself, he hath a pretty young man as his son, whose name is Civility, that can do it, to speak on, as well as the old gentleman himself. There I say thou mayest be eased of thy burden, and if thou art not mindful to go back to thy former habitation, as indeed I would not wish thee, Thou mayest send for thy wife and children to thee in this village, where there are houses now standing empty, one of which thou mayest have at a reasonable rate. Provision is there also cheap and good, and that which will make thy life more happy is, to be sure there thou shalt live by honest neighbors, in credit and good fashion. Worldly wise man, of course, contradicts evangelists who advise Christian that he faced his problems. However, Christian is attracted by the easier way. Now was Christian somewhat at a stand, but presently he concluded, If this be true which this gentleman hath said, my wisest course is to take his advice. And with that he thus further spake, Sir, which is my way? To this honest man's house. Do you see yonder high hill? Yes, very well. By that hill you must go, and the first house you come at is his. Christian, 
is also a very rational man. He is pragmatic. He immediately sees that the foundation of worldly wise man's argument is very unsound. It is demonstrated architecturally as he tries to find legality's home. It looks to Christian like the entire mountain will fall on his head. In addition, his burden becomes heavier, not lighter. It was at that moment of grave doubt that Evangelist appeared. Let me draw your attention to another aspect of the story. Pilgrim's Progress appears like a simple, straightforward morality tale, and in many ways it is. But Bunyan's genius shines through. For example, this is the story of every Christian on their journey to salvation. Evangelist only shows up when Christian begins to have doubt. In other words, it was Christian who invited Evangelist back into the equation. So Christian turned out of his way to go to Mr. Legality's house for help. But behold, when he was got now hard by the hill, it seemed so high, and also that side of it that was next the wayside did hang so much over, that Christian was afraid to venture further, lest the hill should fall on his head. Wherefore, there he stood still, and knew not what to do. Also, his burden now seemed heavier to him than while he was in his way. There came also flashes of fire out of the hill that made Christian afraid that he should be burnt. Here, therefore, he sweat and did quake for fear. And now he began to be sorry that he had taken Mr. Worldly Wise Man's counsel. And with that he saw Evangelist coming to meet him, at the side also of whom he began to blush for shame. So Evangelist drew nearer and nearer, and coming up to him, he looked upon him with a severe and dreadful countenance, and thus began to reason with Christian. Evangelist speaks very plainly to Christian, and chastises him for getting off the path. Remember, Evangelist speaks from the book. When Evangelist appears, it means that Christian is consulting the Bible. What doest thou here, Christian? said he, at which words Christian knew not what to answer. Wherefore at present he stood speechless before him. Then said Evangelist further, Art thou not the man I found crying without the walls of the city of destruction? Yes, dear sir, I am the man. Did not I direct thee the way to the little wicked gate? Yes, dear sir. How is it then that thou art so quickly turned aside? For thou art now out of the way. I met with the gentleman as soon as I had got over the slough of despond, who persuaded me that I might, in the village before me, find a man that could take off my burden. What was he? He looked like a gentleman and talked much to me, and got me at last to yield. So I came hither, but when I beheld this hill, and how it hangs over the way, I suddenly made a stand, lest it should fall on my head. What said that gentleman to you? Why, he asked me whither I was going, and I told him. And what said he then? He asked me if I had a family, and I told him. But said, I, I am so laden with the burden that is on my back that I cannot take pleasure in them as formerly. And what said he then? 
In answer to evangelist's question, Christian reveals the fundamental differences between the biblical way of meeting life's problems and the worldly way of meeting life's problems. As all Christians know, the biblical way is very demanding, requiring sacrifice, faith, endurance, and trials. Peter's words are appropriate here. 1 Peter 1.7 That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The world's way is to avoid trial by fire and take the easiest way. He bid me with speed get rid of my burden, and I told him it was ease that I sought. And said I, I am therefore going to yonder gate to receive further directions how I might get to the place of deliverance. So he said that he would show me a better way, and short, not so hard as the way, sir, that you sent me in. Which way, said he, will direct you to a gentleman's house that hath skill to take off these burdens? So I believed him, and turned out of that way into this, if happily I might soon be eased of my burden. But when I came to this place, and beheld things as they are, I stopped for fear, as I said, of danger. But I now know not what to do. Evangelist, of course, who reads from the book, gives just the opposite counsel. We must live by faith. Any other route leads to the very calamity that Christian is trying to avoid. He also points out that Christian is personally responsible for his own behavior, which, of course, is in contrast to the modern view that blames genetic determinism, or environmental determinism, or natural determinism. In the modern world, people are not responsible for their own behavior. Then said Evangelist, Stand still a little, that I may show thee the words of God. So he stood trembling. Then said Evangelist, God says in his book, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. He said, moreover, Now the righteous man shall live by faith in God, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He also did thus apply them. Thou art the man that art running into misery. Thou hast begun to reject the counsel of the Most High, and to draw back thy foot from the way of peace, even almost to the danger of thy everlasting ruin. Such a revelation is devastating to Christian. However, Evangelist reminds him of the atonement. Then Christian fell down at his feet as dead, crying, Woe is me, for I am undone. At the sight of which Evangelist caught him by the right hand, saying, All manner of sin and evil words shall be forgiven unto men. Be not faithless, but believing. Then did Christian again a little revive, and stood up trembling, as at first before Evangelist. Evangelist, who takes the tone of the prophets, speaks with authority. He reveals worldly wise man's true character. He also makes it clear that the plans of man cannot save him. Mr. Worldly Wise Man is an enemy. Legality is a cheat, and civility is a fraud. 
law cannot save him. Then Evangelist proceeded, saying, Give more earnest heed to the things that I shall tell thee of. I will now show thee who it was that led thee astray, and who it was also to whom he sent thee. That man that met thee is one worldly wise man, and rightly is he so called, partly because he seeks only for the things of this world. Therefore he always goes to the town of morality to church, and partly because he loveth that way best, for it saveth him from the cross. And because he is of this ill temper, therefore he seeketh to turn you from my way, though it is the right way. He to whom thou wast sent for ease, being named legality, is not able to set thee free from thy burden. No man was as yet ever rid of his burden by him. No, nor ever is like to be. Ye cannot be set right by any such plan. Therefore, Mr. Worldly Wise Man is an enemy, and Mr. Legality is a cheat. And for his son's civility, notwithstanding his simpering looks, he is but a fraud and cannot help thee. Believe me, there is nothing in all this noise that thou hast heard of these wicked men, but a design to rob thee of thy salvation by turning thee from the way in which I had set thee. After this, Evangelist called aloud to the heavens for proof of what he had said. And with that there came words and fire out of the mountain under which poor Christian stood which made the hair of his flesh stand up. The words were thus spoken, As many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Christian, who wants to do the right thing, is filled with remorse. Now Christian looked for nothing but death and began to cry out lamentably, even cursing the time in which he met with Mr. Worldly Wise Man, still calling himself a thousand fools, for listening to his counsel. He also was greatly ashamed to think that this gentleman's argument should have the power with him so far as to cause him to forsake the right way. This done, he spoke again to Evangelist in words and sense as follow. Christian seeks for forgiveness for straying from the straight and narrow way. He asks Evangelist, Sir, what think you? Is there any hope? May I now go back and go up to the wicked gate? Shall I not be abandoned for this and sent back from thence ashamed? I am sorry I have hearkened to this man's counsel, but may my sins be forgiven? Evangelist does not let Christian off lightly. He holds him accountable. Nonetheless, he assures him that repentance is always available. Then said Evangelist to him, Thy sin is very great, for by it thou hast committed two evils. Thou hast forsaken the way that is good, to tread in forbidden paths. Yet will the man at the gate receive thee, for he has good will for men only, said he. Take heed that thou turn not aside again, lest thou perish from the way when his anger is kindled but a little. 
Please join us next week as we follow the repentant Christian on his journey to salvation. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.